0: This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And we are going to start things out here with a special guest tonight. He is the source of some of the controversy that uh, has been stirred up as of late here on this program, or I guess responding to some of the controversy that has been happening here in the Keene, New Hampshire area. And of course, this is Free Talk Live. We will talk to you about anything. But one of the things that is uh, part and parcel of this program is the fact that, well, we live in Keene and we moved here as part of the Free State Project, which is a movement of thousands of liberty-minded people and actually uh, recruiting still thousands more But thousands of people who've decided to pick up their lives and make the move to New Hampshire, all across the state of New Hampshire, in order to get active for freedom. And, of course, we've seen some uh, great progress so far on that front from the political side of things, and I think also on the uh, the, the not so political side, the side of civil disobedience and other market based activism, non cooperation, uh, creating our own media. Keene, of course, may also be known as the the liberty media capital of the world. We've got uh, radio, television, print here, um, but there's also a lot of civil disobedience that that happens here in the in the Keene area. And I don't. When I say a lot, I don't mean every single week. There's something going on, but you know, periodically something will happen, and that's more than what's happening anywhere else. Of course, whenever civil disobedience occurs, there are people who question it, and there are people who critique it, and that's fine. You know, they're certainly uh, free to do that. But this gentleman is a little bit more, I guess, uh, visible than the average critic. He's got a column at jhubert.com. dot com. That's H U E B E R T. And he's easier to find at lurockwell.com. He's one of the many Lou Rockwell columnists. In fact, I know, for, uh, I know that we have used his columns on the air over the years here at least one, at least once. I just did a quick glance of all of his back columns. Uh, so LouRockwell.com is the, is the site where he is, I guess. Are you a blogger, uh, Hubert?
1: Yeah, I blog on there sometimes.
0: Okay, so you're also available uh, for people to read your stuff on the Lew Rockwell blog at LewRockwell.com. Uh, welcome to Free Talk Live. You're on tonight with Ian, Mark, and Julia. Thanks. Good to be here. So what happened last night was somebody you, – you apparently are a member of some secret closed uh, Google group where people who are of liberty mindset are discussing things that most people can't read because it's not public. But somebody who was within that group decided to release one of the messages that was supposed to be or intended to be private uh, – of course, anytime you publish anything, even in a supposedly private place on the Internet, I guess there's always that chance that it'll get out, and in this case it did. Uh, me, not knowing that this was intended to be a secret post uh, on a secret group, went ahead and took it, read it on the air, and we're not going to rehash the details of that last night, but I wanted to give you a chance to, I guess, put that out there as, like, this wasn't an official column, this wasn't an official article from Hubert.
1: Oh, sure, that's true. And, you know, we we discuss all kinds of things on that list privately, and we bounce ideas off each other or, or make jokes or – Take sort of extreme uh, positions or use hyperbole in a way that you would among your friends that you wouldn't with the general public. So certainly by writing this stuff, I wasn't putting it out there trying to urge people to avoid Keen or not join the Free State Project or anything like that because I was just kind of ranting to friends essentially yeah. um, on you know my thoughts off the cuff. Well, as I have I was to say that some
0: of this i will take whatever. I'm not complaining at all. I love uh, bad publicity. It's it's okay by me. Um, so thank you for it. Um, but what I wanted to talk about here was your feelings about some of the activism that's going on here about some of the civil disobedience uh people like sam dodson you mentioned him by name in your article or in your uh, your post this message and you were pretty critical of sam and i just wanted to see if you know is that really how you feel and what what do you even know about the situation as far as what sam did
1: well i mean i hate to pick on a guy who the government has after all and without question unjustly kept in jail for a couple of months uh, but, it, you know, so my question, you know, there's no doubt that uh, he didn't do anything morally wrong or wrong from a libertarian perspective. Uh, it just seems to me that from a strategic perspective, uh, some of this may be a little bit questionable. I mean, I came upon this as I was researching the Free State Project, and I, you know, saw the – plan put down by Jason Soren, and I thought, oh, this is great, I can see how this can work. And then I look at some of this other stuff, and I think, well, some of this activism, it may not be effective at getting the message out there, and it may even be a little bit counterproductive, or a lot counterproductive, if it gives people the wrong impression, or people don't quite get it, and just see it as strange somehow. Now Huber- uh, as for Dodson in particular, uh, my understanding is, I mean, for the first there was some incident where he, was, um, he had a speeding ticket, and he went into court, and uh, was, I think, secretly filming it. And uh, the judge was asking him, you know, if he wanted to plead guilty
0: or not guilty. I then, have never heard anything like that. You may be mixing him up with another one of the activists There's certainly no here.
2: no no shortage of uh, courtroom footage in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, and no shortage of activists getting uh, petty
0: tickets. When Sam Donson okay, was I, arrested, I he was
1: from a number of months ago. But anyway. Um he he moved here also, in
0: uh, in January and um, it was shortly thereafter that everything went down. Dave Ridley is one of the videographers, one of the journalists up here. He was initially arrested, I think it was in March for uh having a video camera and using it in the public court lobby. He was arrested charged with disorderly con- I think it was disorderly conduct for that. And Sam had come at that point uh to Dave Ridley's arraignment on the arrest and essentially duplicated what Dave Ridley had done, and that is bring a video camera into a public court lobby. And that's why he was arrested. And that was his first arrest, or his first uh, real, I guess, uh, significant encounter, uh, conflict with the keen bureaucrats.
1: Okay. Um, All right. I'm not sure what I was thinking about with the other thing. But, yeah, I was familiar with that incident you mentioned. And certainly I'm a strong supporter of allowing uh, cameras in the courtroom The one time I have had an opportunity to speak one-on-one with a Supreme Court justice, that's what I brought up to them immediately and asking them why they don't allow people to do this in the Supreme Court. So certainly I strongly support that right. And uh, it seems to me that, well, first of all, when he was actually put in jail, it wasn't for the filming per se, Right.
0: He was arrested for filming with. Um, he he was arrested for filming in the court lobby. Refusing to stop filming, I think, is uh, probably the most accurate right. way to put it. The charge was, I think, disorderly conduct. Then they slapped him with a resisting arrest charge because he went limp. He was not going to assist them in their kidnapping of him, so he just, he chose to go limp after they decided to arrest him. They also hit him with a stolen property charge because they couldn't find the serial number on the camera. They later dropped that after uh, having found that. And oh, what was the fourth one? Refusing to process was uh, the fourth charge. And I believe he still faces uh, the resisting and the refusal to process charge. The disorderly conduct charge has been dropped. Refusal to process was uh, thrown at him because he decided to use his supposed right to remain silent and not answer their questions. specifically the one about what his name was. He uh, decided to remain silent, and that's the reason why they held him in jail for 58 days.
1: Right. And and that's the problem. I mean, that's the thing that I see as really being a problem. I, mean, I think it's perfectly reasonable civil disobedience to take a camera into a courtroom, and uh, I think people can understand that. I mean, it seems to me that uh, a lot of people would support cameras in the courtroom, and you could persuade a lot of people on that issue without even doing civil disobedience. But, but you, you don't believe do- Hubert that. Wait, let, let,
2: him, him, let, let him finish okay. what he's going to say. Go ahead. But if you were
1: going to do some civil disobedience uh, activities. I can see how that would be sort of a reasonable one. Uh, but to then refuse to give your name and be kept in jail for two months, and that's what's going to bring this whole thing to the public's attention, right, when you're uh, in jail on a hunger strike and doing this stuff. Right. And it seems to me that if if your purpose in, in, in setting out on this was to advance the cause of cameras in the courtroom, then to also pursue this, I shouldn't have to give my name to the cops thing, uh, draws attention away from that and kind of muddles the issue for people. And, you know, while I understand and you understand why people shouldn't have to give their names to anybody if they don't want to, uh, it's going to be a lot harder for the general public to understand that issue than it is for them to understand why we should be allowed to have cameras in the courtroom. And,
3: you
4: know, so, Hebert, well, um, well,
1: I, I – from a strategic point of view, it seems to me that the most sensible thing would be to let's focus on cameras for now and focus on other issues deliberately separately when we're ready to deal with those issues.
2: Hubert, um, I've heard this cr- critique and and uh, I, I don't really you know I don't really uh, in- entirely understand it. But um, you know the idea that uh, Sam uh, not only sh- he should have basically just focused on uh, cameras in the courtroom, but I would like to point out that in this in the course of the events that took place that uh, Sam. You know, uh, him not giving his name and then staying in jail for weeks and weeks and then doing the hunger strike that's the only way that this got press and at the same time that in Iran an American uh, journalist was picked up or whatever, you know, they made such a big deal about uh, the free press in, in Iran however here in the United States when somebody wants to film in a courtroom in what's supposed to be an open legal system they choose to throw a man in jail for
0: it Alright, you know what, we're going to come back with more uh, Hubert, can you hang out with us for a bit? Sure, no problem. more with uh, J.H. Hubert from com in moments. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Those features include archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show... Just click and download. They're yours right there on the front page, and they're totally free, freetalklive.com. From creating new and old media to political action and civil disobedience, as well as market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you likely have ever imagined possible. When you move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, you can learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. We're talking with one of the columnists from lewrockwell.com, which is probably the best-read libertarian ish website on the internet i don't think anybody can argue that <laughs> yeah uh so he's likely uh his name is jh hubert we're calling him hubert here and he is on the line with us he had uh, released unintentionally uh somebody else released i guess he posted something to what he considered a private forum on the internet it leaked out to us we put it on the air And now we're here talking about uh, keen activism, some of the civil disobedience that's happened here. Of course, our friend and filmmaker, documentary and journalist Sam Dodson was arrested for videoing in a courtroom lobby, which is an allegedly public area. He was arrested for that and then held in jail for 58 days, uh, doing a a hunger strike for a a good most of the, the days I think that he was in jail. And he was held there for not giving out his name. He was essentially using his right to remain silent. And one of the parts of the story that we didn't touch on here yet is that Sam, when he was in jail, after a couple weeks, they figured out what his legal name was. They determined based on fingerprints, which he did voluntarily uh, choose to give. They figured out what his uh, legal name was, and so they continued to hold him at that point just to flex their power, just to be vindictive. They continued to hold him until he gave his legal name, which he actually never did. All throughout the 58 days, he never did it. Hubert, you're back on with us. Uh, you are actually somebody who has law training. You're a law professor, apparently. And so you're saying you, you think this was too much? You think that uh, strategically... This is going to the point of not giving a name was a distraction from what you believe was the main issue of being uh, arrested for having a video camera in a public place. Is that pretty much your position so far?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I assume
4: that was his purpose.
0: Well, let's bring him on because he's with us uh, on the uh, the other line here. Sam, you're on with Hubert. Uh, are you there, sir?
4: I'm here. Hey, guys.
0: Hubert, can you hear him okay?
4: Uh, it's a little soft, but yeah.
0: Okay, Sam, uh, what was your purpose in all this?
4: Um my purpose was simply to go up and uh, exercise free press in the common area outside of the, uh, the district court there, which is public property.
0: But why not obey, Sam? Why not just give your name up when they demanded it of you? Why, why did you go with that? Why did you go that far?
4: Uh, well, as a member of the press, I, I think it's important that um, the police not continually take uh, bite-sized little bits of uh, freedom away from people by overstepping their bounds and and drafting unlawful uh, legislation or orders. And I think this is an example of one.
0: So uh when you say this is an example of one you mean where the judge basically number 1 uh, created an order out of thin air by writing something down and not even signing it actually where we believe it was the judge but there's no way to prove it cuz it's unsigned that's the one that bans cameras from the the court lobby then the other one with this uh what is essentially by their own rules uh, is at least to my understanding any legal uh holding of you there because you wouldn't jump through their hoops is is that Accurate.
4: Yeah, and I also think it's important to show people the flaws in the system that um, what they say, you know, they, really I understand and I think a lot of people who have seen the injustice out of the court system over any period of time, especially lately, is that they're, they're not providing justice. It's not a fair and impartial, uh, you know, arbiter of the facts sitting up there. It, there. There are all kinds of biases built into it. It's really, a system designed to let the masses go in and feel like they have a fighting chance, just to keep them enslaved and, and under the authority of the so-called authorities.
5: Hubert,
1: well, you get no disagreement from me on that. I mean, I, you know, I've, uh, uh, philosophically, we're on exactly the same page. I, you know, I know the judgment of okay, human so, beings, and uh, there's, you know, there are good arguments out there that. Uh, you know, the whole idea of even trying to do an originalist interpretation of the Constitution is kind of futile because it just, even that just masks the fact that it it, come, it boils down to some people controlling others. So, you know, on those philosophical
4: ideas, uh, I think we're on the exact same page. Uh, I'm just okay. uh, concerned so, about... Okay, you know, uh, if I'm arrested and I, and let's just say, put the issue of should I have given them my name or not aside... Would I still have the basic due process rights? I mean, do you believe those are important even if somebody's remaining silent? Of course, of course. Okay. Now it, they, it, did, not, um, think they didn't, didn't did, tell me uh, what I was charged you're in with. The wrong
1: at all. I mean, I don't think. I mean, you didn't do anything that I would say is wrong. Uh, you know, as a libertarian, but,
4: I, it's, what it's you may a not know you've heard is the that they. Oh, oh, hang on, guys. Hang on. We got. We they lied to me. There. They didn't tell me she was here. They lied went back downstairs and told her, you know, they, we told him you were here and he didn't want to see you. So they they denied me counsel. They refused to take me to an arraignment. You, you know, the list goes on. I, I was basically put in a box and left alone. And if it wasn't for the free staters raising attention on the outside, the liberty activists, you know, bringing this issue to the public, it, it wouldn't have seen the light of day. And I also had writs of habeas corpus uh, going working through the courts at the same time uh, which is part of the reason I was staying in there. And maybe, you know, something that actually helped uh, them push me out the door because it was sitting before the Supreme Court and they were going to have to rule on it. Hubert? Oh, yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't really have anything to argue against here. I
1: mean, certainly uh, I mean, you didn't do anything wrong and I, I never made the argument that you did anything wrong, I, I don't think. And uh, Well, you
0: said that you didn't believe it was strategically appropriate.
1: Right, well, I do agree with that. I mean, if to, to refuse to give your name when you can sort of predict that this isn't going to end well for you, and to continue to refuse once you know once you're in that situation, you could probably get out of it by doing that. Now, obviously, it but you that's, know, you still but have that, problems after after that. But, but I think that uh, Hubert,
0: one of the things that, that's happening here is a lot of the people that have come here have had about enough of cooperating with this unjust system. And there's really something to uh, the ideal of non-cooperation. I mean, would you have told Rosa Parks that uh, strategically she was uh, in an inappropriate uh, manner by sitting in the uh, refusing to uh, sit in the back of the bus? I mean, should she have just gone along with it? Her life would have been a lot easier had she just went along with the law and maybe called some legislators and begged them for uh, for relief. I don't think she sat in jail for 58 days.
1: Well, no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't uh, tell her not to do that. Because, but on the other hand, you have to consider that uh, when she chose to do what she did, it was part of a very carefully considered strategy. And they Sam could was... predict very much what the consequences would be, how they would use this for their purposes. I mean, it was, uh, what she did was ve- part of a very specific plan, uh, whereas it seems to me this thing, once you got off on the not giving the name thing, was going off on a different track. And if Rosa Parks had refused to give her name and done other things, then the issue that she was really there for, the desegregation issue, it could have been lost in the shuffle of it all.
0: But and as, as Sam pointed out, the today. the fact that he was in jail for that long is why this issue even got attention in the first place. I'll bring you both back here in just a moment. We'll get some final thoughts on this issue. And I want to move on to uh, the topless Event which hasn't even really become an event. It's just more been a discussion about something that may not even happen. But nonetheless, it's stirred up some controversy to the point where people have, uh, at least one person has, re- has rescinded his subscription to the Free Talk Live AMP program and has left the, uh, the keen liberty movement more on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Uh, though if you've got a question for J.H. Hubert, he is on the line with us. He's one of the bloggers and the authors over at lewrockwell.com. He's got his own website, J.H. Hubert. That's H with an E, H-U-E-B-E-R-T, J.H. Hubert.com. And he is an award-winning writer, award-winning attorney, and a law professor. So uh, we've, we're having him expound upon some of his thoughts and critiques about the the Keen Liberty movement. Because here on this show, it's it can it can be a bit of a a rah-rah fest. I mean, Mark, you're you're sometimes pretty critical of some of the civil disobedience that has happened here. But of the two two of the instances that uh, Hubert was talking about in the leaked. Forum post that somebody leaked out. Uh, in those instances, you were on our side. You were pretty much on the side of uh, Sam. Dotson. If he had any
2: idea some of the crap that uh, you know I've experienced here in the the Free State Project, he'd probably go on after that.
0: And uh, well, like you mean like the flag burning? You had a real problem with the the U.S. and the U.N. and the New Hampshire flag. Well, you you're okay with the U.N. flag being yeah, I'm, burned, I'm, I'm okay
2: with the I have burned a U.N. flag myself. Yeah, but uh, the U.S. flag, I think that uh, that just you know, rouse people up.
0: So he was pretty critical of uh, Sam Dodson, who had spent 58 days in jail because he refused to answer a question about what his legal name was, was originally arrested for videotaping in a court lobby. And uh, Hubert, you're back with us. You'd suggested and Sam's gone at this point, I think he had somewhere to be but uh, you had suggested that you thought that Sam had gone too far by just not, not focusing on just one issue and that you believe that he should have just gone ahead and, and cooperated with uh, with his captors. Is that pretty accurate?
1: If the purpose of his activism was to get out a particular message about cameras in the courtroom, then, yeah, it seems to me you want to stick with that, uh, you know, narrowly focus your issue and and get that out there and don't muddle it with other things that are just going to be less easy for people to understand, if that's your purpose. Now, if your purpose is to just uh, kind of, you know, stand up for justice and stick it to the state and show them that you're not going to do what they say, which, you know, there's not really anything wrong with that, but if if your purpose uh, is to actually, you know get good PR for libertarianism and liberty, uh, See, that's where we're just—that's dis-
0: that's where I disagree with you—is that this was bad PR. Of course, I'll take, as I said earlier, I'll take whatever kind of PR I can get because it's it's free publicity, and I, I'm not going to look that gift horse in the mouth. And some of it has been mixed over time here, uh, but the one that was the article that was written about Sam, as I recall, was was pretty darn great. Uh, it was a front page article here in the the Keene Sentinel. It had a picture of him sitting in jail I and the Boston Globe. The Boston Globe. They didn't really do an article fully about Sam, but they did talk about it, and that was important, too. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this has gotten uh, – I mean, Penn Jillette, a very famous magician and comedian, had, uh, had his attention drawn to Keene because of the controversy generated from what happened to Sam. And as Sam pointed out, a lot of this coverage never would have happened had they not held him in jail for 58 days. I mean, Dave Ridley was also arrested for just that single issue. So Dave Ridley is somebody who did – kind of as you're suggesting, Hubert, he was arrested – ...for videotaping in that court lobby, he cooperated with the police. He didn't go limp. He walked out on his own volition and they released him within an hour... But as a result, Dave Ridley's uh, incident was overshadowed by what happened to Sam. And another good thing that we've got going on here, and part of the reason I'm having you on and having this discussion is to kind of create whatever sort of common ground we can have, especially if you're looking at writing an article about the Free State Project in the future. I think it's, uh, it's important to have you at least with a, maybe a greater understanding of one of the more controversial elements within uh, the, the movers of the, of the Free State Project, and that would be the, the keen area and the, the kind of activism going on out here so i i think that what happened was sam's case while certainly people are going to disagree with any incident of civil disobedience on some level sam's case got a lot more publicity uh, than uh, pretty much anything else has so far with the exception maybe of uh, andrew carroll holding a piece of marijuana out uh, in his hand and then going to jail for for nine days because of it. So we have had quite a variety here. And on the good side, we also have our own media. As I was mentioning before, we've got television, we've got newsprint, we've got radio. It's all here in Keene, New Hampshire. So we have the added ability to actually sculpt the message in whatever way we think is best. Obviously, the mainstream gets to sculpt it in the way they think is, but at least we have our own outlets to get it, our exact, precise message out to people. Your thoughts, Hubert?
1: Well, I mean, you guys are the ones on the ground there, and you know how people in New Hampshire are receiving this, and and what kind of impression it's making. I mean, I just look at this, you know, from a great distance. I'll admit, and it seems, and I just, you know, even though, you know, I understand the libertarian issues pretty well, I look at it and, and I think, well, what what exactly is the message they're trying to get out with this? That that government courts are illegitimate, the police are illegitimate. Uh, just, I, I don't, I look at it and I just, I don't quite get it. And if I don't get it, I'm thinking. How is the average, you know, New Hampshireite going to take this? It's a good and question. Maybe it's being explained to them well enough that, that, in fact, they are getting that it's about cameras in the courtroom or, or whatever, and it's being effective. But from the distance I'm seeing it at, it, it just doesn't come across as, as very clear, and it just it seems to me it would confuse people
2: effective is difficult to uh, to, to nail down here um, you know for one thing I would love to have the liberty movement where uh, I got to control 20,000 liberty loving individuals and get them to do what I want them to do however nobody's offered me that option um, apparently you have the uh, I have the liberty movement where 20,000 people do what the heck they want to do and uh, some of it looks less efficient and some of it looks more and there's there's plenty of civil disobedience here that makes me cringe And uh, but there are people that have moved um, on the political side for the Free State Project um, that make me cringe with what they say when they're campaigning. So, you know, it's... It, what can you do? Yeah, what can you do really is, uh, you, you can know, the where message, it all goes.
0: You can, I mean, you've got your own radio show, Mark, so you get to spin the, the message however you want to, and... And there is a lot that happens here. So it's one thing after another, after another. Um, and one of the things that's been discussed recently that was also in the uh, the message that leaked out that you had written, Hubert, was a the idea of a topless kind of outreach event where men and women together would be in public somewhere, perhaps walking down the street, perhaps just hanging out in a certain area. Uh, none of the real details have been ironed out beyond the fact that some ladies seem to have been expressing an interest in doing such an event. One of them is sitting in the studio with us. Uh, Julia is on our Third microphone, and uh, what Julia? What where where were you coming from in the idea of going forward with some sort of a, t- a topless uh, event, if that even ends up becoming a reality? Where do you think that? Uh, what's well, the purpose?
6: Well, this is something that I mean I and have not really ever set any plans for. It's something I thought of many many years ago when I first thought about moving here for the Free State project, and. It, it's just something that's always kind of bothered me. The Just the simple, I guess if a guy can walk down the street with a, without his shirt, just the fact that I can't have the option to take my shirt off is, is really what bothers me it, on a really hot day, I guess. Just the fact that I don't have the option. For me, it's an equality issue, and it's just something that's always really bothered me. So I have not made any kind of plans to actually do this But it's something I've always wanted to do, maybe someday.
0: And that fact has enraged a certain amount of people because they, like I believe you, Hubert, and I don't want to put words in your mouth some of these other people are saying that this is going to be the end of the liberty movement as we know it. I mean, really making it sound like you know this is the worst thing that could ever happen because there are some prudes out there and they believe they're a majority uh, there are sexist prudes out there that don't think women should have their shirts off. And I'm not saying that you are one of them, Hubert Uh, I'm not sure exactly how you feel about this beyond that you know you didn't definitely it didn't feel like you supported it at all your thoughts
1: yeah well, i'm not enraged by it or uh, you know, particularly concerned that's going to ruin the whole liberty movement but uh it, it seems to me from a libertarian perspective uh, it, it's a little fuzzy because i mean libertarianism uh, isn't a philosophy that says well you have the right to be naked in public or to, to just to go do whatever you want I mean, libertarianism is about private property rights. So, if you want toplessness on your property, you can have that. If I don't want it on mine, I can have that. And obviously, in a fully libertarian society, streets would be private, and the person who owns them would decide who can wear shirts and who can't, and that's how it would be. Uh, so, we have these streets that are public streets, and so the question is, you know, how do we deal with that? Uh, you know, probably, I certainly wouldn't advocate having police come along and drag people off to jail for being uh, topless or naked or whatever, on public streets, as long as they're not actually hurting anyone else, because you know however offended I or someone might be by seeing that, uh, certainly the government using violence is worse but it seems to me if you make this your issue, people may think, oh well, libertarianism and this liberty stuff it, it's about you know being naked in public and, and and stuff like that when in fact it's not at all that's simply libertarianism has nothing to say on where nudity is appropriate except that It should be whatever the private property owner
0: wants. We're going to come back with more, Hubert, and I believe that uh, somebody is on the line with another issue or something they wanted to bring up to you. So I think we can keep you for the remainder of the hour, right? Sounds good to me. Hang on. More with Hubert here in moments. Uh, 800-259-9231. We'll let Julia respond on the uh, the topless issue and, of course, take your calls. Hear about anything you want. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And uh, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they are free. So enjoy those on us, Uh, features including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies. They've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video to prove they listen to the show. You can see them at shrine.freetalklive.com, shrine.freetalklive.com. I've been taking a new vitamin.
2: It's called Choose for Health Super Fruit Complex. It's a chewable that facilitates digestion. It includes uh, fruits and berries that have tremendous health-enhancing qualities, Uh, goji, mangosteen, Akai, I guess I'm saying that wrong, and Nani Fruit. Uh, These four superfruits contained in uh, Choose for Health are considered by many experts to be the most nutrient-rich fruits in the world. And uh, you can get a a free one-week trial by calling 1-800-219-8874. That's 800-219-8874. All you got to do is pay for shipping and handling
0: toll free number here, 800 259 9231. We're going back to J.H. Hubert. He is one of the columnists, uh, one of the bloggers at lewrockwell.com, one of the most widely read uh, libertarian websites out there. It's my understanding he's par- perhaps working on an article that may be talking about the Free State Project. And i had come across information that apparently wasn't supposed to be released that was fairly critical, at least of not the Free State Project. He was uh, pretty la- lauding the whole Free State Project idea, but specifically some of the civil disobedience and non cooperation. That's going on and in some cases are simply planned to happen here in Keene, New Hampshire. And Hubert, we're bringing you back on here for the remainder of this segment. I think we've got at least one call for you. Uh, But just kind of talking about I've I've been trying to paint this picture Of what's exactly happening here uh, In Keene It's not any one particular civil disobedience In a vacuum There's a whole media structure that that surrounds it Of course there are dozens of liberty minded people That have moved here already As part of the Free State Project So having them out there Being able to talk to people at their places of business And things like that Also I think helps kind of sculpt uh, What the message is And as far as civil disobedience is concerned while i understand when people say well you need to pick the best civil disobedience there's some things that uh, are just the right thing to do as well regardless of how people might tend to feel about it and i don't i'm not going to go out on a limb here I, be, I would like to believe that most people are okay with the idea of marijuana legalization, but maybe that's not the case. And we had a guy, Andrew Carroll, hold out a bud of marijuana in his hands and get arrested for that. Some people would say that wasn't the right strategy, that uh, you know the appropriate thing to do would be to go down and, and beg the representatives to to change the laws, which, let me tell you, plenty of people are doing that stuff. There's a lot of political activism going on here uh, in New Hampshire. But there are some people have said uh, they want to take a different route and that's the route that they're going to and i guess they're just not really concerned with what the majority of people think it's uh, that's my impression they they are just doing what they feel is the right thing to do um, not necessarily out of any sort of public property issue, because you're right, obviously in a libertarian world, the all the property would be privately owned, and then you'd have to abide by the private property owner's rules. And in fact, there was somebody who'd come up with a, a counter-protest to the whole topless uh, protest idea to point that out, to point out to people that uh, it was another free stater came up with this idea to have other people, other free staters that didn't necessarily agree with toplessness, counter-protesting and saying, hey, this wouldn't be able to happen. If this were private property or there's a chance it might not be able to happen if this were private property. So there's what I'm trying to tell you, Hubert, there's a lot more going on here than maybe meeting your eye from uh, from afar. And again, I don't even know how much digging you'd already begun to do on this.
1: Oh, I don't doubt it. I mean, I don't doubt that there are lots of people doing lots of good things that I didn't mention in that article because it wasn't an article in that note, uh, just because that wasn't the point of my note. But, you know, I I don't doubt that there are um, lots of people doing great things there. And, you know, I hope that those things are coming to the fore so that people around there are seeing them and you're moving the cost forward there because
7: that's what it's all about.
0: I'm going to go to uh, Todd Barnett. He's on the line calling from Michigan. Todd, you're on with Hubert.
7: Hello, uh, Ian, Mark, and Julia. Uh, hello, uh, JH. How are you doing tonight? Okay. Okay. Um, I just wanted to uh, tell you first of all, I apologize if I did cause you any uh, embarrassment, any heartache over um, over what happened. I'm, I'm not going to rehash the entire thing. But you're the it's guy, Todd. Necessary. Who
0: you're the guy who did release uh, what was a, a ten to be apparently a secret uh, post.
7: I mean, that's true. That's That's right. Um, I I wanted to point out though that I've got nothing against JH. I think he's done some great stuff for the Liberty Movement. Um, a lot of stuff for Lou Rockwell, and I commend him entirely. I guess when I saw his post, I had this um, this reflex action. You know, that this little alarm that went off in my head, thinking, Oh my God, I can't believe he's writing about this. And uh, that's what set this whole thing in motion, and, and that was my fault, and, and I, I shouldn't have handled it handled that way. So, therefore, I apologize if I, if I did that to you, J.H. Um,
0: Thank you for that, Todd. I'm, I'm sure it's uh, it's appreciated. Uh, Hubert, any, any thoughts? Uh,
1: no, I don't really have any thoughts on that.
0: All right, Todd, thanks for the call tonight. All right, Hubert, so uh, you've got a book coming out, right?
1: Well, sometime next year, yeah.
0: It's uh, currently
1: titled uh, Libertarianism Today. Uh, it's a book that the uh, publisher commissioned about the libertarian movement as a whole, covering uh, what different people are doing there on this. So, and I'm just getting to uh, research the Free State Project right now to make sure that I adequately cover that, and, and that's how I came upon the stuff that we've been commenting on.
2: What do you think about the libertarian movement today? Is it looking good? Is it looking bad? I mean, what, what do you? Because it seems to me um, one of the reasons that I moved for the Free State Project. I'll, I'll give you a little. Uh, you know, the reason I'm asking is that uh, I'm I moved for the Free State Project because I've been seeing people all along through you know since 1776 with uh, you know Thomas Paine uh, writing uh, C- Common Sense or whatever. You know, people have been writing about liberty and and that kind of thing for a long time, and it doesn't seem to have made any difference. The government gets bigger, it grows, it gets more intrusive. Um, that uh, you know, voting for libertarian candidates since 1971 hasn't really done anything They, they haven't, on a presidential level, haven't uh, gotten more than a million votes And on a local level, they haven't elected more than a dog catcher So, you know, I kind of felt like libertarians needed to be concentrated And that's why I moved for the Free State Project What do you see, you know, just sort of worldwide, uh, nationwide for the libertarian movement?
8: I mean,
1: it's hard to know how things will go. I mean, you know, you look at government growing bigger and bigger, and I, I don't really see that trend reversing anytime soon. And it does look like it's going to get worse and worse. All I really know is uh, the only chance it has to ever get better is if all of us do, you know, everything we can, everything thoughtful that we can uh, to to get the right ideas out there, to move them forward to the extent that we can, and you know, hope for the best. Hope that in a crisis situation, people may turn to our ideas. And I think you see some of that happening, certainly with Ron Paul and the Fed, the way he's got people on board with wanting to audit the Fed, people questioning the Fed. And if that succeeds, then obviously that could go a long way toward restraining the federal government and its printing press. And you just have to keep pushing forward on the important things like that uh, if we're going to see any
2: progress. I, I agree that uh you know that the probably the the best thing that's happened for the Liberty movement up to this point is uh is Ron Paul running for president, and uh, you know hopefully he can get this audit the Fed bill through. I don't know what it's going to amount to, but uh any any re- any speed bumps on the way to uh to tyranny i'm I'm for
1: yeah i mean that's uh that's all you can do as far as I can tell. And certainly what Ron Paul has done in in putting out a principled message and not being afraid to be radical. I mean, you've had libertarians in Washington, D.C. for a couple decades who, well, we don't want to talk about the Fed because that's just an untouchable issue. And when you have something really important, uh, maybe this cuts against what I've been saying on other things, but when something is important enough, you have to not be afraid to be radical. And you have to go out there and push this uh, if we're going to have success at all. Because if nobody does it, uh, then the state's just going to keep on uh, rolling right over everybody. There's no question about that.
0: I agree. Great, Hubert. Well, uh, good having you on the program here tonight. Hopefully we've come to a greater understanding on both sides. I look forward to seeing your articles in the future at lewrockwell.com and maybe using a few of them here on the air. Sounds good to
1: me. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for your time. fantastic. Hubert.
0: Lewrockwell.com, columnist J.H. Hubert. And let's go uh, quickly to the phones here, if he's still there. Bob in Ohio. Do we have Bob?
3: Hi, fellas. Hey, uh, Julie. I think you got some serious obsessive-compulsive behavior problems. Yeah. You should really join the Playboy Club or nudist camp. <laughs> and if you really want to help, the I'm youth,
6: not really. I'm not really an exhibitionist, so that's not really my cup of tea. You just well, want
0: the 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 ability to be able to take your shirt off. All I want
6: the option. I would. I probably would rarely, rarely take off my shirt if I could. Maybe it was well, a hot I day. I wouldn't want my Julie. I wouldn't want my daughter doing
3: that. I'd want people to respect my daughter and, and I'd want her to be uh, respectful. Well, why humble. would showing
6: my boobs be disrespectful?:
3: Well, I would say it's tempting a lot of weaker people. I don't know what your chest looks like, but it looks some very people nice. Were are tempted a little easier than others. Well um are they are they it's, tempted it's in Europe the cause, the true cause of this movement Americans okay?
0: are weaker mark you,
3: you're drawing attention to the wrong thing.
6: really. Who decides well, what's the right and wrong thing? Is that you? Bob does. Well, we're talking about
3: internal workings of our corrupt government, not how exhibitionists
6: can uh, display I'm not role. an Thank exhibitionist. You, Bob.
0: Appreciate the call tonight. I, I would have kept him through, but it sounds like he's talking through a pillow. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You're just talking about equality. If a guy can walk down the street with his shirt off, why can't a lady? Is every guy with boobs that walks down the street also an exhibitionist? Hour two's coming up.
9: Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public. Like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. If you bring up anything, toll free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We're going to go right into your phone calls about whatever you want. We'll start things out with Dan in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dan dan Hi, how you
11: doing
0: hey it you're is, on the air. Uh,
11: good to talk to you man hey listen i you know, i i think there's an issue of incremental uh, to uh the liberty activities over the past number of decades an incrementalness that that never really ever increments anywhere what do you <laughs> and mean? i think i well i'm you know speaking to uh h j uh he j j h hubert sorry uh he he my my impression is that his criticism of sam and of of others that are that are taking on some things that that seem to be maybe less than popular in the amongst the general population mm-hmm. it, that 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 is uh, you know trying to continue to placate that general population with, you know, liberty activity that, that they can all tolerate. And uh, I think the, the, the whole problem is, is I think that there is uh, a, you know, you can either, you know, regain your liberty now or, or let this whole mess, you know, rise to a head that, you know, will have all of us you know struggling to survive let alone you know regain our liberty yeah uh which is i think what's approaching here in and uh, in the uh this, uh, great, I
0: think that if, uh, these, if these non-cooperative and civilly disobedient activists spend their time trying to determine what the right thing to do as far as what the majority of people will feel is appropriate is, I think they'll miss out on a lot of great opportunities to actually do the right thing. And I think exactly. that non-cooperating is the right thing to do. I think that you're, uh, you're absolutely right that this is a very... Uh, a very bad situation that we're facing here in this country and I fully believe that the right answer is mass non-cooperation on a variety of of different issues and and there's never going to be that one golden issue that's really going to uh, rally everybody together. There's always going to be another side of people that say that's inappropriate. You shouldn't have been doing that. Uh, why can't you do it the way we think you should do it? And if, if what you're looking for is to, to make everybody happy, you will be stuck in this world of immobilization. You won't be able to. You'll be so afraid to make a move because of what some people might think about you. And I think to to some extent that's kind of really a political viewpoint is to – You know, to compromise your values and to compromise uh, your beliefs and to compromise your action in the hopes that you can, uh, you can, uh, uh, you can. Get the majority of people to be on your side, and boy, that's not worked so well for the the liberty movement. The whole compromising thing. It's why the Libertarian Party is dead in the water. They compromised their message, and I think that uh, compromising with the with the government is not a good way to advance freedom. I, I I think that the the non-cooperatives here are really paving an exciting path. That I understand. I understand why it's concerning to people that are kind of of the the old school. Let's just work within the system mindset. I. I get that, but I think that there's something else happening here that they're not really taking into effect. Yes, if somebody holds marijuana in their hand, there are going to be some people that are upset about that. The anti-drug crowd out there, I'm sure, is very upset about that. If somebody walks topless, there are going to be people that are upset about that, certainly. But what's happening, the unseen, if you will, I guess it's kind of the seen and the unseen. You can see the outcry. You can see the outrage. You can see the the angry letters to the editor, the biased news articles. You can see all that stuff. But what you can't see, for the most part, is stuff like like uh, There was, I think, a comment posted on Free Keene recently from somebody who didn't, I didn't recognize him. Uh, he said that he'd been looking to move to New Hampshire and had managed to kind of bring his wife on board. But the fact that she had heard that some of the ladies in Keene were considering, just considering, a, uh, a topless event made her go and sign up for the Free State Project. Uh, you know the, These are the things that you don't really generally see. So the question is, how many people out there are seeing these instances of controversial disobedience and getting excited and saying, wow, there's something actually happening there that's more than the average let's lobby the legislature. Man, that's a real movement. I'm coming up there. If enough people get here that are like that, if enough people come here that are willing to non-cooperate, that will bring about the downfall of the coercive monopolist state, uh, the violent monopoly, any – I think a whole – Whole lot faster than another 200 political activists would.
11: I, uh, I'm not going to argue with that at all. I just think that uh, uh, that that incrementalism has has left us in standstill. It has gotten us Bob Barr as a presidential candidate yeah. labeled Libertarian Party, yep. and, and I, you know it's it's just it's all it's all not been working. Period at all. I mean, and 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 to sit here and <laughs> criticize Sam is just. Uh, to me is uh you you 're not even ha- having a clue about the big picture here
0: <laughs> thank you dan for the for that thanks for the call no, no problem no problem
2: you know the, uh, uh, the If the political activists say they say they have some success, Um, try to imagine a a New Hampshire where the political activists are having success. They're rolling, you know, twenty-five free staters elected or something like that. You know, they've got they've got they're beating back every single bill. They've got uh, you know twenty-five free staters elected, and say uh, half of the uh, the the House, uh, that would be two hundred people, are NHLA members, and they put out that first real bill that really cuts the budget, you know, slashes it by fifty percent. Can you imagine the howls, the, the 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 screaming, the torment, the rending of uh, clothes, the gnashing of teeth? That's going to go on from um, the in bureaucrats. The um, absolutely. From the Are re- you telling welfare you that's recipients. Not, uh, from the welfare recipients. From the bureaucrats. From from everybody out there who's uh, you know gets money in some way or another doled to them, uh, stolen money doled to them on a silver spoon. Are you telling me that's not going to create uh, animosity for uh, the, the liberty movement? Of course
0: it is. So you're taking food out of the mouths of hungry people, you're hurting the old people, etc., etc., all those things. The children, the schools, all of that will be trotted out. I, I think out.
6: it's important to remember that no matter how you slice it, the libertarian message is a, It's pretty offensive to a lot of people. People who want to um, steal your stuff. Exactly, <laughs> and most people don't even realize that they're stealing your stuff. But, I, I mean, it's just, it's not a, you can't be a weenie and take the position and be loud about it and... Yep.
2: And expect the good people professor to agree. said said the same. He, he believes that you, one should take a radical stance, and if he dis- disagrees, that's cool. I mean, I believe that we need disagreement up
0: here in this in this movement, and I think the disagreement's fine. Sure. Um, but the ladies themselves on the topless event are disagreeing on how to uh, you know go about doing something like that. I mean, the idea has been put forth to do it on private property, which of course makes sense. I think that's a great idea.
6: Right. Well, like I was thinking, what if one day um, I wanted to lay out in the hammock in front of our house with no shirt Which on? Was
0: stolen by the way yeah
6: (laughs) well we don't yeah but i mean something like that would be on my own house do you think the neighbors would call the cops on me
0: i don't know it would depend on how prudish they were right yeah yeah i i don't know the neighbors that well so i I can't really comment on that but i think that that's certainly i think that'd be a fine protest
2: i don't think you're going to get national news coverage um in the same way that you would if you had uh you know a, a I, I don't know, twenty I, or thirty women walk, walking down Main right. Street. I'd
6: also like to point out really quick that, uh, like, uh, the people who are think that this is a really bad idea. We live in a pretty liberal town, and I feel like if there's anywhere in New Hampshire where this would be uh, the best place to do it, it would be, King, be here, right? And and there's also a college here. I mean, there, if you wanted to put the effort into uh, arranging something like this, you could probably get some some of the feminists from the college pretty riled up about an issue like this.
0: I think you're right, I, and it, it brings me back to something I wanted to say when we had Hubert on, but there was just a lot to cover and, and a lot of people. <laughs> right, and and that was that. Uh, well, with this, with the topless protest or a the, the, the topless outreach event. Uh, he was he was saying that you know he didn't think that uh, that people would be uh, amicable towards this, and I think that's something that you you know you've got to accept. And he made a good point about how this you know he believes that libertarianism is all about private property, and at its basis, that's true. I think that's where a lot of the the, the tenets of the ideas of liberty come from, the idea that all property should be private and you get to set your rules and all that. We all understand that. But in today's world, we still have this authoritarian state. We still have public property, so-called, that everybody supposedly has a piece of. And while you have that, shouldn't things be equal at the very least with people's ability to walk upon said private property? Isn't it also libertarian to advocate for fewer government rules and restrictions? Isn't that generally a libertarian thing? Well, making it legal for women to be topless as men is would seem to be a libertarian issue from that perspective. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231, sickle CAI toll-free line, Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, and they include the bulletin board system. We have got over 450,000 posts there. There's a lot to talk about, serious issues, fun stuff, and a brand new theme for you to test out. We have uh, our man Johnson behind the scenes. He's been redesigning the graphics for the entire website, redesigning Free Talk Live site into FTL 2.0, and there's a, a theming operation going on behind the scenes, which means colorizing basically with Free Talk Live colors the Free Talk Live BBS. It's kind of up until now been the standard stock basic install BBS theme, and so Johnson's been busily working on that. Julia, you said last night that you liked it. I of course, liked it. Inevitably. People are not going to like a color. Any time you pick colors, some people aren't going to like it, right? So you can, taste, you can test drive it. Uh, if you have a BBS account, just go into your forum profile, and in there you'll find the look and layout settings where you can change to the brand new settings uh, and see what you think. So uh, bbs.freetalklive.com. Get Is that
2: soon? You're not going to have a choice that so they're just going to change it? Is that no, I
0: think we'll probably leave. I don't know. Okay. We'll probably leave another option up for people.
2: I see. Go ahead. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies, that's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided with the detailed real news that lies between the lies of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. freedomsphoenix.com offers the -the up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for the free daily dispatch.
0: All right, let's go to your phone calls about anything and go to Tony in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tony. Hello. Tony, you're Hello. on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, how are you doing tonight? What's on your mind, Tony?
5: Well, I had, um, heard about NLE-09. What's that? Um, national level exercise by FEMA. And and I've been hearing on um, YouTube channel that in certain, um, certain areas there were um, multinational troops being trained. And then I go on to um some other sites and they say the objective of it is to train for gun confiscation and um suppression of the people. And um I go I go by the um DC Armory and I see um FEMA um cargo shipping um you know, big shipping big metal cargo sure. ch- shipping and it has FEMA on it and um I tried to call earlier today try to get a hold of another station that was talking about it, but um I figure it might it might add to your show if I would talk about it right here.
2: So what do you think's in these part? containers?
5: Um who knows? It could be like um, munitions or something like
2: that.
0: Now we're entering. Why do you even have to ask that question, Mark? I, I just mean, he's thought just thought trying I'd to play out. into his his uh, his world. Look, yeah, this is. I think I have something heard something about this going on, and it's not unprecedented. It's happened in the past. Uh, the government's frequently running operations like this, and they don't really need to train to uh, collect firearms. They've already done it, so we know that's going to. I mean, we know that happens. It's happened before and happened after Hurricane Katrina, uh, and so maybe I guess they do have to train the newbies, but it's certainly not an uh, an unprecedented unprecedented thing and i agree with uh with you that it's a bad thing uh that people need to not go along with this stuff but thanks for bringing that up i guess and thanks for oh, the call yeah, tonight um, yes sir and then
5: i confronted i confronted one of the jag officers and um he said oh yeah it's um it's a it's a training exercise and then they said something about hello you're here yeah um hello i thought I lost you lost y'all
0: they said um, something about what
5: he said he said that it was it was an exercise and then he acted like it was no big deal.
0: Well, for them, it probably isn't a big deal. They're just following orders. Thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. It's still the wrong thing to do, but for them, it's no big deal. I mean, police all day long, all across this country and all around the world, are arresting peaceful people. A lot of them know it's the Composting wrong thing. They're getting their weapons, too. Yeah, a lot of them know it's the wrong thing to do. But it's also their job, and they understand that if they don't do the job, that may mean that they get fired. And, right. If they're not doing their job. Then they're not needed to do their job if they're not doing their job. And they are, they've are, they been doing that job for a long time. It may be what they feel like they know how to do, and they may feel very um, very much in a comfort zone there and aren't willing to put their job on the line for a, a stand on principle. It's, un- it's unfortunate, but that's the reality, right? That's why these guys are following those orders. You may be able to get them to agree that, oh, yeah, in a private conversation that they agree with uh, you know, people being able to ha- have guns and things like that. But does that mean that they will refuse to follow those orders? Some of them say they will, but have they ever been given those orders and the actual opportunity to refuse to follow them? Would they refuse to follow the orders if they were surrounded by their peers who were otherwise all following the orders? Would they be willing to say, no, I don't think that's appropriate? I'm not going to. You know,
2: sometimes that. when one uh, one man, one moral man stands up and says, no, it'll cause more people in a group to uh, stand up and say, I don't believe in that either. That's true. Sometimes, so you need the first one. Sometimes he just gets fired and kicked out the door.
0: Yeah. And uh, and you need that first one who's even willing to, to take that risk in the first place. Whereas if the majority of the group I mean, psychologically, as far as how groups behave, uh, there's those experiments, and I, I'm sure I'm not rec- recounting this correctly. So please correct me if I'm wrong on this, or I get it uh, a little incorrect. Where they'll they'll hold up uh, two sticks, right? And they'll ask one member of the group, and and everybody's in on it. So let's say there are five people in the the group of experiment uh, experimentees, and four out of the five are in on it. And Julia, you're the the only person who's not in on it. I'd hold up two obviously not the same length sticks in front of you, Mark, and say which one of these is the longer stick, and you'd point to the other one, or you'd say they're one. both the same they're length.
2: S- they're the same length.
0: They're the same length. And then I'd show it to the other person next to you, and they'd say they're the same length, and then they're the same length, and then they're the same length, and then, Julia, I would show it to you, and, well, because you are a in, you know, pretty individualist lady, you'd probably say that you believe differently, but in reality, most people... Nobody
2: knows what they'd say because, you know, these experiments have to be done
0: um, in order to to know. I mean, I don't... Yeah. It's hard to say. There are a lot of people who will even though their eyes are telling them, their senses are saying, "What? Why are these people saying those are the, the same length?" They they are they're they're disbelieving, they can't believe they're in the situation, but because the the whole group mentality is so persuasive, they'll go ahead just to go along, to get along, and they'll say they're the same length.
6: Yeah, I don't I don't think I would I would agree to that. I think I would say if I saw that they were not the same length, I would not say that they were the same length.
0: I think that, and some people have suggested that you might be that way from birth. Some some people have actually suggested. I don't know if there's any truth to it at all, but I mean, I remember being anti-authoritarian from as early as as early as I can remember. Certainly kindergarten. I can't remember much much past that. You're certainly um, that, but I but I remember that and. Uh, other people may just be more predisposed to going along to getting along maybe it's maybe it has more to do with parents and how they raise their kids i don't know what all the the different factors are there are that there's that percentage of population and it is a minority i don't know what the percentage is but there's a percentage of population that's like julia that will not go along with the crowd but most of the crowd will go along with the crowd and that's why it's it's so dangerous toll-free number here 800 259 9231 so when you've got these uh, guys going around confiscating firearms you know they may believe otherwise but all of the factors of the moment tell them they should just go ahead and follow the orders they don't they don't want to make waves sure people are giving up their guns i mean you know what's the big deal toll free number 800-259-9231 that's the sacl cai toll free line all the more reason to not answer the door whenever a government official types and especially people in military fatigues come up to it remember If they are planning on entering your place of residence, they're going to come in whether you answer the door or not. If they weren't planning in and they were just fishing around for an easy victim, then you've made yourself that much more difficult for them to get to. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up.
6: This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Number brought to you by SACL-CAI. That's 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a chat room. Just go to chat.freetalklive.com to get interactive there. It's totally free. That's chat. Dot free talk live dot com and audible dot com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible has over 60,000 titles from which to choose, and every genre, they've got it covered at Audible. Get a free audiobook download if you sign up today. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL, and I guess that's also going to be available tomorrow. It doesn't really matter when you listen to it. That link should be good uh, for quite a while. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Get your free audiobook, but do it sooner rather than later. All right, so uh, you can bring up anything. We go right back to your phone calls and talk to Brady in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brady.
11: Hey, how's it going?
0: Just great. What's on your mind tonight?
11: Well, uh, I was wondering if you guys had any sort of opinion on the uh, ammo shortage that seems to be going on in the country these days.
0: I I don't know. I mean, people want to buy ammo, and so therefore there's a shortage of it. Uh, therefore, it'll likely have more of it being made because supply and demand. How bad is this shortage? I mean, is it well? That where, way I'm at,
11: uh, where I'm at, where I'm at, I can't get any ammo at all. Wow.
0: What about the internet? And,
11: uh, well, it's uh, it's gettable on the internet. It's way more expensive. Uh, my my theory on it is, is that the uh, the government is purposefully making it hard to get so that it'll be easier for them to take control when they want to.
0: Are you suggesting the government is purchasing the ammo, thereby creating the shortage? Yes. Okay, Hmm. and do you have any evidence to support that assertion or is it just a wild uh, theory oh
11: it's just a wild theory of mine but uh, I, I don't think i'm the only one who thinks that
2: well they um here here's another guess um, that it's just just a possibility that there's uh, so many regulations on uh, producing ammo for sale that there aren't very many people who do it and uh, that they probably work somewhere near capacity as uh, as it is because it's expensive to work under capacity and because obama's come in and uh, the people that, that like guns, uh, have uh, decided that they're going to buy extra guns and ammunition as a result of Obama getting in, have been uh, snatching up uh, ammunition. I don't know that it's true, just speculation.
0: Yeah, it looks to me, I'm looking here at AmmoMan.com, which is the website when I order ammo, I usually go through that site, but uh, they... The prices, I think, have gone up a bit, but then again, you know, you're right. More people have been buying uh, things, allegedly, since the Obama administration has come in. For whatever reason, they've decided that he's more dangerous to guns than Bush. I don't know if that's really true. I think they're both very dangerous anti-freedom people. But also, you have to consider inflation as a factor, too. I mean, Julia, you were telling me recently that uh, at work, you've taken note of uh, some of the price changes. Yeah,
6: I found, I was, like, rearranging some shelves, and I found a receipt that was from 2005 and I, I believe the price of a large soda was 139 it's now 189 so that's it's gone a, up 50 cents in 4, four years. years
0: so that's a pretty significant price increase and so if you're seeing increases in other places that may be a factor that uh, that you need to look at It's just the fact that the government has been inflating the uh, the money supply and as a result prices of everything have gone up
11: well i'm sure that's i'm sure that's a factor uh, Also, if you're buying it off the Internet, they might uh, be able to track it a little better and find out where you are buying a bunch of ammo. Uh,
0: I don't know. Not really concerned about it. They already know where I am. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. See, I'm not buying ammo to stock up for the day when it all hits the fan. That's that's not my mentality anymore. Maybe I had that in the past. Um, for me, I'm, I'm first of all, I'm not buying ammo right now. I've got enough of it but the reason why i have it is it's something that you can actually trade uh in the event that you would need to trade something and sometimes the guys uh some of the people the activists here in the the keen area get together and plink off at some targets and that's kind of fun so i like to go out and do that i i definitely do not have the mentality of my god i'm going to give it to the, give it to the, my guns and them lead first cuz you know if they come for uh if they come for me uh, i'll have a much better chance of getting out of the jail cell down the line than if i pull out a gun and start blasting like I'll I'll stay alive and live to be an activist another day most likely uh, if I don't shoot at the men that are trying to take my freedom away from me I just I just don't feel like there's really any significant liberty that can be gained from reacting to violence with violence I've come to that conclusion within the last I'd, I'd say year of my life and I'm just I that's just how I feel yeah. And I, I it's I, hard for me to feel that way cuz I come from that perspective of got to be ready for them to come get you. You know well, I come from that.
2: You know you went to uh jail for uh, not throwing and not uh, throwing away that moldering disgusting couch that was on your neighbor's lawn um that you uh you know your property but uh, your renter's lawn. Um and when you did, you managed to talk to some of the jailers and create, uh, you know, some level of uh, interplay between uh, you two. They they didn't hate you. No, they didn't. And I can assure you that the person that, uh, you know, whips out the AK and starts uh, giving their gun to the, uh, the, the the cops led first is uh, probably going to create a certain amount of animosity with law enforcement officers. Yeah. If you want to create converts to liberty, probably the best way to do it isn't with
0: bullets. Absolutely. So the toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Daniel in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Daniel. Hi, how are you? Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
12: Uh, actually, I was curious to hear about anything about that uh, kind of police, uh, sorry, abuse of authority going on in uh, Hollywood with the, uh, the man, or the two officers who were caught on camera uh, talking about fabricating a story.
0: Nope, this is news to me, but it's hard for me to keep track of all of the police abuses out there. What so? What was the uh, story in regards to drug deal or something else?
12: Well, there was a woman who uh, was apparently driving drunk, and not that I advocate that at all, but her rights were infringed upon. Uh, she was she was apparently so intoxicated that they decided after uh, the police officer had re-entered her car, which is I'm assuming what caused him to realize she was intoxicated. Uh, he he uh, called a couple couple of the officers in, and they, uh, they decided to talk about it, I guess, outside the car, um, how they were going to fabricate the story to make it look like it wasn't the officer's fault.
0: And this and, uh, was picked up by the officer's own recording devices? Yes. yes, <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> nice. Brilliant. Um,
12: you can actually watch the video online, uh, and it shows the woman sitting in the back seat, uh, pretty much unaware of what's going on, but they talk about it. And actually, I think I copied a quote from it, which is part... The officer said, uh, "Well, I don't lie and make things up ever because it's wrong. But if I need to bend it a little to protect a cop, I'm going to."
0: That's how it is. Yeah, for them, it's not a lie if they're protecting one of their uh, one of their friends. Then it's just bending the truth.
2: Yep, she was heading down the road backwards at about uh, 20 miles an hour and hit me right in the front end.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I, it doesn't surprise me uh, one iota. This is kind of behavior that is typical of the police they do close their uh, around their ranks the thin blue line they're the brotherhood uh they protect one another and anytime anybody breaks some of that they they all go after that one guy so it's you know it goes back to that whole group mentality that we were talking about before even if you are one of the good guys within the police ranks you are in your – it's in your best interest to keep your mouth shut if you, for instance, if you'd overheard that conversation, it'd be in your best interest to just not rock the boat because you don't want those guys – Doing something nasty to you or your family, or being perhaps uh, cast out from the the inner loop, if you will, and not getting any chance at overtime or some of the other perks that they get there are there are definitely punishments that can be levied from within the system without actually having to fire an officer, just kind of internal things that they can do to make their life and their job very very difficult and I hope that something comes of this. is this a relatively fresh story that you're talking about here?
12: Yes, actually uh, I believe it came out last week, the end of last week, and uh I'm sure you can guess how it's ended so far. Well, the, um, the DA said that it'll be investigated. That's
0: it, huh? Yeah. So that's what they like to do. They they like to say, oh, well, we're going to just trust us. We'll investigate this to the best of our ability. And then I think they hope that the media will basically drop the issue because they'll get distracted by some lost little girl or something like that off into the future and then... They're hoping, basically, that the whoever the reporter is doesn't have a tickler file that he writes down and says, OK, well, I need to check back on this particular story here within a few weeks and see where the investigation has led to. And How if it often, hasn't led anywhere,
2: is it really a story? Is it a story?
0: Yeah. Thank you for the call tonight and uh, bringing that up. Uh, it's, again, not a shock, but for people that are brand new to the idea of the, the that the fact that the police are not necessarily the good guys, they need to hear these things. And so that's why we will keep talking about it. So thanks for that. 800 259 the number brought to you by SACL CAI. You can bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 800 259 9231 Let's continue on with police related issues. Gang signs in Florida. Apparently now they're investigating MySpace accounts to see if people are flashing gang symbols, and it's been made illegal? Or Julia's gonna it fill is us illegal. in on the details in moments. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free. The number brought to you by SACL CAI, it is 1-800-259-9231. That's the Sacle CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It is Ian with you.
6: And Julia.
0: And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take... Your $3 a month in, reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more internet listeners on board, and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. You'll get perks too, like access to the AMP only call in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are waiting for you at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com.
2: Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. Incorporate your business, create a will or living trust, even register a trademark, empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. It's fast and easy to use. I've used it. It's so much cheaper than hiring a lawyer. LegalZoom.com. And you can save an additional 10 bucks on your order by using code FTL, LegalZoom.com.
0: All right. So continuing kind of the discussion about the police here in there apparently news in Florida about people being arrested for flashing gang signs in MySpace photos. Did I misunderstand that, Julia? I don't think so.
6: I actually haven't read the full article. I've only glanced over it. So I guess we'll read it right now. But I'm under the impression that this has been illegal for a year, maybe.
2: Wow. Does anybody still use MySpace? It's so Uh, so 2006.
6: Yeah. this out of Lee County, Florida. All the people
0: not cool enough to be on Facebook, I guess, are still using MySpace.
6: Well, I have anybody a MySpace, have but I don't... I mean, no one really uses it anymore. I have a few people who do, but...
2: I was like, looking at the people online, and just from, uh, you know, maybe a year ago or whatever. I don't... I rarely go there um, now, but I was checking it out the other the other night just to, to see what, you know, what kind of email I have uh, sitting there. And there's not anybody online comparative to
0: what there, w- what there was even uh, a well, year ago. On MySpace. It's such a crappy
6: okay. run website.
0: Very good. So what's going on here?
6: All right. Uh, Out of Lee County, Florida, Elvis Rodriguez flashed Latin King's hand signals on his MySpace.com page and called himself King Camel, according to his arrest report. Uh, Richard Santiago used his MySpace page to post pictures of friends making east side hand gestures, detectives said. Now in the first cases of their kind in Florida and in the nation, both Lee County men face five years in state prison for the gang-related content of their web
0: pages. Five years.
6: (laughs) Yeah, five years in prison for making gangs. That's crazy. Yes. Their prosecutions are the first under a state law passed last year that criminalizes the use of electronic media to promote gangs.
0: Oh, my gosh.
6: Attorneys for both are challenging the law as unconstitutional. It violates his right to free speech to associate, says his lawyer. The bill's sponsor, a retired police officer, calls the law a modern to response to increasing gang violence in some Florida cities. We have seen from Right, because day- that's
2: going to stop gangs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Arresting people for throwing gang signs on their MySpace pages. Which account.
6: I have to say, and I could be wrong, but I have a feeling that the real members of these gangs don't have MySpace pages with flashy photos. I could be wrong. I, don't I may know very well. They might, but I don't know...
2: What, what difference, you know, throwing a sign um, if if one chooses to do so, uh, you know, what what difference does that make? Isn't really the problem that gangs uh, do violence? And actually, well, it's the police and their business that empowers the gang in the first place. Well, if if they didn't enforce prohibition, yeah, if they didn't enforce prohibitions against uh, prostitution and gambling. Uh, uh, gambling and and drugs, then the gangs wouldn't have any place to make money. Um, but
0: they're always going after the. Pro- this is back to the conversation we had last last night about how the government never uh, targets the the root of the problem which of course as you point out correctly is prohibition that in, that in, empowers gangs and enriches gangs They never go after that. They never say, oh, man, we made a mistake with this prohibition thing. Look, it's doing the same thing that it did back in the 20s. It's empowering and enriching gangs. Maybe we should try repealing this. No, no. It's dealing with the problems that they've already created by creating new programs. Part of the stimulus package is Obama's giving millions and millions of dollars
2: to to towns and municipalities, uh, counties, to hire cops. What are they going to use them for? They're going to use them to do the same thing that they do with all the cops, which is... Basically, uh, harass people for doing drugs and uh, give out tickets. Not law, real law enforcement. Not really protecting people from actual crime.
0: Not being a, a peace officer, for instance.
6: We have seen from day one until now that none of our freedoms are absolute and the freedom of expression is, is not absolute. This is uh, representative.
0: Former cop, right?
6: Um. Yeah. Okay. The one who put the law out. Got
0: it. Uh, freedom of what, what was it? One more time. Freedom of speech is not...
6: Uh Our freedoms are not absolute, and the freedom of expression is not absolute, so basically, I don't care about well,
2: right. if you can if you can mitigate my freedom of expression one um, time w- in one time in one way, then you can mitigate it any time in any way that, that you darned well feel like so it.
6: basically if they it they feel it's a, it's appropriate to to fit one of their l- new little laws, mm-hmm. it just doesn't matter
0: right well the, right this is a common excuse it is the excuse of precedent. The excuse that says, well, we know what that Bill of Rights says about, you know, freedom of speech and all that. But we also know that you can't yell fire
2: in a crowded theater. Yep. That's always it. Right. And and which is the the stupidest line. Um, (laughs) Yelling fire in a crowded theater is an issue for the private property owner to deal with. I mean, that's that's really the the problem. And does it happen that
0: often? No. And it perpetuates that perpetuates the myth ...that the First Amendment applies... Everywhere. Right. Uh it's not true. That that much is not true because you it is private property. You
2: can't go and sing underneath my window in the middle of <laughs> the night because you don't <laughs> own that property. You can go sing at your own house as long as you're not disturbing people, but you can't sing at my house if I don't want you there. Yeah, so maybe, you don't have the right to freedom of speech on my property. What you have the right to do is own property and do what you want on that property, or if you rent property to have negotiated a contract with the owner that you
0: can do what you Want. And this is private property, right? I mean, this is MySpace's website or Facebook or wherever. It's not just MySpace. It's anywhere they find your right. pictures on the Internet of you flashing gang symbols in Florida five years in prison is what these guys are looking at for, for doing this. This They were their pictures, and they uploaded them. And yeah, I understand. Usually when you upload pictures to MySpace and Facebook, you're usually agreeing to allowing them to use the pictures however they want. But then there's also MySpace's pictures or, or Facebook's pictures at those point. It's not even a, a public property thing. Where uh, And, of course, free speech should be allowed on public property as long as you're going to have it. But this is clearly a private property issue. And so this is the government coming in and saying, sure, they're your pictures. But we get to decide what they're of. It's the same. It's the same thing as you can't take pictures of that oil refinery. You know, this that's your camera. You're standing on a public plot of land, but you can't point your camera in that direction and take that picture. You can't move your fingers into a specific position and take a photograph of that.
6: You know, when I look at like if when you see the. Kind of pictures that young people put up on their MySpaces. I cannot wait till we read about uh, someone who didn't even know they were flashing a gang sign getting in trouble. Right. This or, is because, right. like, they make all kinds of peace signs yeah. and silly right. hand signals and stuff and probably don't even know what they're doing.
2: Right. And this is the thing. What if, what if you uh, flash gang symbols and you're not part of that gang? Mm-hmm. Or they said you're that part doesn't of matter. An, another gang. So that doesn't matter. So um, now what is a gang
0: symbol? I mean, it could be. We've got one. The Free Staters. There is a Free Stater gang symbol. Oh, boy. And it's... it it's look. I don't know how to explain it for the radio people. It looks people, like but you put OK. Your, yeah, it looks like the OK symbol. You put uh, your thumb together with your forefinger in kind of a circle, and then your uh, three other fingers are pointing straight up. So the idea is that's the porcupine symbol because it's, you know, the little porky things up on the top. The, and that's there have been some pictures in which everyone has held up this uh, Free Stater symbol. And, of course, the cops could very easily call that a gang sign, right? I mean, people... Peace is real big now. Uh, apparently, there's a lot of T-shirts and stuff like that out there with the peace symbol on it. Maybe peace flashing the P- big. Yeah, maybe the, the peace uh, flashing the peace sign right. is Couldn't uh, you also be the Second symbol? Avenue boys? I mean, just as easily if you're holding What's up that? the peace sign. Well, th-
2: this it's is, a made-up gang. That this is, is what um the often, Second often, Avenue. Boys. Oh, right. Often um, <laughs> this is how gangs identify themselves is by yeah. what streets and avenues they're from, especially side, side. um right, especially uh, k- gangs that are you know in bigger cities because you know they have a smaller area to draw on. So could, wouldn't wouldn't the Second Avenue guys You know, use the peace sign as their symbol could
0: very well be. You know, this
2: this is really arbitrary.
0: It's okay. There have been free speech regulations before, and this is just another one. And that's their excuse, and it really is their best one. It really is because what they're saying is, "Hey, people, you let us get away with all this other crap, and we're just taking another step here. What's the big deal?" And that stuff works in the courtroom sometimes. Sometimes the judges will come back with that same excuse. They'll say, "Well, you know." This has been going on over here and here in these areas. These, these kinds of restrictions, all the time. Have, right? These kinds of restrictions are part and parcel of the way government operates. This is just another one of those. No problem. So they are challenging this, and that's good. I don't know what that's costing these poor guys to, uh, to actually take this all the way, which is, of course, another point about this whole insane system.
6: You know, and this has got to be, I, I mean, this is, can you imagine just one day, like, getting a call or a knock on the door, and like, hi, we're here to arrest you for, you know what I mean, for yeah. what? For, this would be such a bomb dropped on you as far as the way to get arrested.
0: Five years. Five years in state prison is what those gentlemen are facing for having pictures on their MySpace profiles of gang signs. <laughs> ridiculous. More on the way. You take control. Hour 3 is coming up. Bring up whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Style toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the single CAI toll-free line. We are launching here into the third hour of the program. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We'll start things out by going right into your phone calls about anything you want. We'll go to Tim in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live 10. Hey, guys. How are you doing? What's on your mind tonight, Tim?
8: Um, well, I've been listening to you guys now for about two years, and um, I just really want to say thanks because it's completely changed my view of the whole world.
0: Well, thank you, Tim. Um, You've changed your view. We didn't do anything. We just did a talk show.
8: Well, you opened my eyes. Let's put it that way. Um, to really what, what's out there and the way things should be done. Um, so I really consider myself a voluntarist now. Um, I've run across a couple articles that I found very interesting, and they've challenged my views on voluntarism. Okay. Um, there was one in particular um, where there was an 8-year-old child who was diabetic and died because his parents refused um, to give him medical care. Now, is that the parent's right to do that? Absolutely, whether it's religious reasons, whatever reasons, from a voluntary's point of view. But I know maybe Mark can identify with this a little bit more than I can. I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old, and I couldn't imagine not doing that. Now, should the parents be punished? Uh, that's where I'm kind of, you know, like, okay, well, maybe, I don't know. You know, one part of me says, well, I think you know... Have-
2: I think they have been punished. They lost their child. I mean, can you imagine any worse of punishment?
8: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. I mean, um,
2: what, what are the bureaucrats that are going to go in there and save the day by, uh, you know, uh, putting these people in a, a government re-education center as if we really have something like that? They'll just put them in jail. Um, Mental hospital, maybe. Wh- whatever, you know, whatever that's it is. Jail. Other, yeah, it's jail with drugs. Yeah. Um, so the the solution that uh, we have come up with for this uh, this admittedly terrible situation when uh, parents won't use medical science to save their child but that's their choice, um, and it it rolls out. Uh, you know, you you can you can uh, extrapolate and wonder, hey, um, if I decide that I don't want to, if I don't, I I haven't vaccinated Jack, for instance. Have I abused him? I mean, I'm exposing him to to terrible, dangerous, uh, dangerous diseases like rubella and uh, uh, you know tetanus and
0: things like that. What about parents who circumcise their uh, their young boys? I mean, that's that's a barbaric, in my opinion a barbaric procedure, and I would love to see that uh, end. But I am not going to force my way and my viewpoint on anybody.
2: Well, what about parents that don't circumcise their kids? They leave them open to uh, you know possible infections in their in their nether regions. God Only God knows if you don't know
6: that. how to clean your
2: uh, right. Well, you know, it happens <laughs> at now and then. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this can go all kinds of different directions. Yeah. If I don't send my if I decide that I want to educate my kid at home rather than sending them to a uh, public school. There's believe me, there are people that work at that public school and people that work for the teachers union that believe I am abusing that child.
0: You know, when you come across a situation like this with what I uh, what I presume are probably people who have a specific religious belief that says that, you know, they they don't want to have uh, the medical world interfering with what they believe should be happening naturally. And, and uh, you know, to, to each his own, if that's their belief, that's understandable. Uh, you may or may not agree with it. But the thing that you want to come start to think about is, well, what ways could this be handled if we believe this is – and when I say we, I mean those of us who are talking here. If we believe that this is the, the wrong thing for people to do, what ways can we persuade uh, them to do otherwise? What ways, if you really believe it's th- incredibly wrong, what ways could you ostracize these folks? What ways could you make their life a little more difficult for making that choice? I myself am not in that camp. I say it's their life, it's their child they get to make that decision. But maybe I'd feel differently if I had known, uh, you know, let's say if it was a, you said it was an eight-year-old. There's a very real possibility I could have been a neighbor on their street and our two kids could have been playing together. And, and maybe I would have really enjoyed the the time that uh, that I'd spent with that, that young person. Or my son uh, would have enjoyed having his friend continue on in his life. Maybe I would feel differently at that time. And maybe that would be an appropriate time to tell those folks, I don't, you know, appreciate what you did. And I I I don't know what I would do besides maybe ostracize them to some level. But that's what you want to kind of think on is what, what different roads could the marketplace go down that don't involve f- uh, force, that don't involve coercion, but also do involve making those people a little uncomfortable about their decision, I think.
8: Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a great point. And I, I like uh you know, I like the other things you guys brought up, you know, about circumcision and all that. And, I mean, that really gets me thinking. The second thing is um, here in Indianapolis, um, a couple of months ago, there was a judge that actually struck down um, a case where a woman had tried to hire a, quote-unquote, hitman who was an undercover cop uh, to kill her husband. And he struck it down on the grounds that um, uh, there was no victim in the crime. Mm, and I was just really? floored. I thought, wow, that was really cool. And I thought, well, wait a minute. You know, okay, okay, there was no victim. It is a victimless crime. Um, but what if something did happen? I mean, what if something did, you know, uh, th- that was granted a preventative measure um, if, you know, she would have been thrown in jail on if something would have happened, but nothing did happen.
2: I say there is a victim um, in the same way that if I pulled out a gun and I pulled the trigger uh, at your forehead and it went click instead of bang, I have attempted to murder you. Um, she attempted to murder her husband, and right. um, you know, in in that case, there is a victim. That guy was attempted to be murdered.
0: But what's the, what are the damages? How do you compensate uh, for that? That's, that's exactly my
8: that's exactly my point. Is because. You know, there were no damages done unless, you know, unless there are some anguish or emotional or mental damages. Well, then it becomes a civil suit and not a criminal
2: act. Well, I think that uh, in in the course of the divorce, he should uh, probably be, uh, you know, that 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 should be looked at. Hey, look. This, woman this lady tried, to kill, tried me. to kill him. That would be something, and, sure. I mean, so. <laughs> oh,
0: but otherwise, man. he didn't really suffer he, because he didn't know about it until it was already prevented. He didn't suffer any sort of necessarily any anguish uh, from having to prevent right. himself from being killed because he didn't know it was it was going to occur. It's different from actually going to you and threatening, "I'm going to kill you, Mark. I'm going to kill you tonight." You know, that's different. Going out behind somebody's back and and setting up something. But what like about that? the pulling the trigger on the gun and it
2: goes click. Yeah, I, it, I know a man who did this. Yeah. He pulled out a forty four Magnum and attempted to steal a woman's van. He pulled the gun, put it to her forehead. I'm telling God. you, there was a circular imprint on her forehead. He pulled the trigger, and it didn't fire. There was a round in the chamber. For some reason, this gun did not fire. Wow. Are you telling me this woman wasn't damaged? No, I didn't, no I'm i
0: not telling you that. I'm I mean, not telling you that. I'm just, that's I'm just saying that's different from hiring a hitman. No, you know, it's not. I think I think it is. Julia, um, your thoughts on this? i I okay. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Sorry, I didn't mean to catch you off guard there. You
2: um, did. I, I'm sorry. But but I, you know, I mean, in in this, yeah, one might be what might seem to you to be a little more extreme. However, this woman attempted to kill her husband. She employed a weapon, and that an agent in this case to kill her husband Now, the agent didn 't work the way that she had hoped it did, right. but so did my prison my, my uh, friend who I met in prison, who I got ten years is for there, sticking that forty four magno against that woman 's forehead and pulling the trigger, and he darn well deserved it Well,
0: is there a difference there, Tim? I mean in your opinion, uh, is there a difference between? The woman who hires uh, somebody behind the scenes to kill somebody and the guy that actually puts a gun to somebody's temple and pulls the trigger. Is there a difference in severity there?
8: Um, I, I think there is, just for the simple fact that there was more of a forceful action involved in actually pulling the trigger. So, she had was, more,
2: so so my friend had more guts than she did so he should get more time well the life was actually threatened in that particular in case in both cases the life was threatened
0: no it was never really yes,
2: yes it was no it never Sorry. really was
0: she never really found a real hitman she found somebody posing as one he didn't find a gun that fired well
8: all right i i i i like mark's explanation um i mean both you know there's there's action you know there's force on both ends um, one may be slightly more indirect than the other, um, but again, this is where, like we talk about always, is that marketplace comes in to really, you know, bring this about and, and answer some of these questions.
0: Well, I'd like to get some other answers from other people, and I thank you for the call to this question of, in the hitman scenario, what should happen there? What would the marketplace? What should the market response be in an absence in the absence of the government system? Free Talk Live, you can bring up anything, just dial toll-free 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231, tonight it's Ian with you, and Julia, and Mark, you can join us online at freetalklive.com, the features, they are free, so enjoy those on us, and those features include all kinds of neat stuff, like the Facebook page, you can go become a fan, and keep up with us on Facebook at facebook.freetalklive.com, that's Facebook. Dot, free talk live dot com Now, do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Sacle CAI does collections early out billing and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. It's right there at the top of our banner column. That's SACL CAI. All right, so we're going to continue here just briefly with this discussion and then keep taking your calls. And I I want to hear from people on this issue, and I think it was a good one that Tim brought up, uh, talking about the the question of a woman who hired a hitman against somebody. Uh, How would something like that be dealt with in the absence of the coercive, one-size-fits-all government monopoly court system? What if we had a market-based justice paradigm with competing arbitration courts How would you deal with a a situation where no force was actually applied, but it was intended to be used? And, um, Should it just be ostracism? Right. The the other
2: the other question that one might ask is if we had a court system that actually intended to uh, restitute victims of crimes, what kind of restitution does this husband deserve?
0: Well, that, that's a good question, too, and certainly that would be up to the arbitrators and would be based on, uh, I'm sure, a variety of factors. Answer the question any way you wish. I think this woman deserves punishment. Well, and that's another good question as to what would the marketplace consider an appropriate punishment for an act of... Which really had no significant victim beyond the potential victim that uh, that was allegedly going to be the target uh, in in that case. Um, and and we come back to the question that I'd asked before, and and Julia, you were spacing out uh, during the last segment, and it happens, it happens to me too. So my question was, is the severity level the same as Mark is suggesting between the woman that hires a hitman to kill her husband? and the guy that comes up and puts a gun against somebody's temple in a robbery pulls the trigger, and for whatever miraculous reason, the gun doesn't fire. Is that the same?
6: I think it is, and my reason is that if you think that pointing a gun to someone's head and pulling the trigger, but there just happen to be no bullets in it, if you think that that intention to kill is severe, then... The intention of hiring a hitman, even if the hitman turns out not to be real, even if the bullets in the gun turn out not to be there or for some reason something's going wrong, the intention to kill somebody is still there. So, yes, I believe they're exactly the same.
0: So... I I don't know I I don't know if I can agree with that because I think there's a real threat versus a, a threat that you never became. Don't think
6: hiring a hitman is a threat.
0: But the, the hitman was never real. That's just it. But I mean,
6: she thought he was.
0: The gun was real and it had a real bullet in it. There was some sort of mistake. It just didn't fire. Right. This was not a real hitman. She thought he was. I'm not saying there aren't real hitmen out there. Certainly, there are people that will do things uh, for money. Awful, awful things.
2: What makes the bullet in the gun real, Ian? Does it have to have lead in the front of it to be real? Uh, You know, it has to have some gunpowder and something that can puncture people. Yeah. If you just believe it's real, that's all that really matters. That's what
0: the intent is. Your thoughts at 800-259-9231. What are you
2: saying uh, out of this question here? um, What do you think about me just, you know, pulling taking my 44 magnum out to, uh, you know, the average person on the street? Nothing in the chamber. Whipping it out. Now I understand a 44 Magnum a revolver, and somebody, um, you know, may who's trained may be able to tell that there's nothing in the chamber. But there could be very well be nothing in the chamber that I have uh, in there. You know, and the other five are full of bullets, mm-hmm. and sticking it to the person's for- forehead and pulling it and listening to go click, and then saying, ha, 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 I think that's a, isn't that's a that threat. is that pretty funny?
0: I think that's a threat against that person's uh, life well, because there was an actual threat in the case of the fake hitman. No, there's hit not. Man, not if the chamber's dem- empty. To the person, though, there it feels as though their life is being threatened, having so a gun against for their you, temple.
2: For you, the difference this is that felt anything.
0: wouldn't have known. But right, he I'm never sure. felt anything. He never felt threatened once until maybe after the fact when he found out that the cops had busted this woman for hiring a hitman. His wife. Um, the, yes, his yeah, wife.
2: Um, I understood. However, the so danger there, was clear. Okay, so you're telling me that... There never if, was danger. If, um, if I'm standing on a rooftop and I've got a rifle aimed, you know, with the, with the crosshairs on your forehead, and I pull the trigger, but you never knew, and it doesn't go off, that I don't owe you anything?
0: Well, odds are good you probably wouldn't get caught. Chances uh, are good, but what like
2: if that. I did? You probably, most people don't get caught for hiring hitmen
0: either. Yeah, I don't know what the marketplace, I, I mean, this is one of my other problems here, Mark, besides deciding whether or not I these two are equivalent. I find it
6: interesting that for you to be threatened, like, you just said that because the uh, guy wouldn't the or the man never felt threatened. I mean, how can you really gauge feelings and that kind of thing? I, I guess to me, threatening somebody is threatening somebody and it really has nothing to do with feelings. So whether they even threatening know they've someone's been threatened? life is threatening someone's life. It doesn't matter to me whether they know or not.
0: Well, is that true? Because if I go on the Internet tonight and say, I'm going to kill Barack Obama, which I'm not. I'm just saying, theoretically, if I do that and nobody ever reads that blog post, is Barack Obama being threatened in any significant uh, manner?
6: If you are being serious. I, I and Well,
0: who's going to determine whether you're serious or not? Now we're back into now, the area. Well, of I'm
6: not really talking about the legality of it. All I'm talking about. Different. I'm not really talking about whether. I am not. I'm unclear as far as uh, how this would work in a private market. I don't have. I don't have an answer for that. I don't
0: either. I, I I think that maybe there are some things that would happen that we can't really envision. Really powerful forms of ostracism. Maybe interlocking agreements. Maybe you know the uh, the the woman the, the woman is renting or they're renting from somebody and and this uh, th- this means that she can't live there anymore. I mean, who knows what kind of things the marketplace could come up with to ostracize these people? I don't know if she deserves to see the inside of a jail cell. Or what was maybe a, just a, a an, you know a mistake that wasn't made in the heat of passion or something like that where she was very angry and she decided to go out and get revenge and maybe she would regret it after the fact especially if she was being ostracized.
2: If there are jail cells, I, be- I believe this woman deserves it. As far as I'm concerned, she employed a weapon of of, of destruction, whether it's a pistol or whether it's a, a hitman, and and you know with the intent to kill and. That's all it takes for me. Now, in the case of the Barack Obama uh, threat that you're, you know, the, the you know, speculation you're talking about here, you didn't take the steps that it takes to kill someone. You only made a threat yeah. on the interwebs. And if no one ever reads it, it's not a threat and you don't have to worry about it. But if somebody reads it, it is a threat. Then you've got to worry about it. Right.
0: I guess I have to say I'm a little. We're nebulous not talking in some about threatens
2: uh, threats here. We're talking about people taking. Well, we were taking, talking about threats in that it. instance. We're ta- we're talking about people taking definitive action to kill people,
0: even if the actions don't lead towards It doesn't that. matter yeah. whether they lead to it or not. So what do you think the appropriate... Uh, I mean, you say they should see, see the inside of a jail cell. I've said on yeah, the past... I said if the there sh-
2: are jail cells, that they should see the inside of them. Well, I there
0: think... will be jail cells, I think, for the most dangerous of people. And that's what I've advocated in the past. As is far if... as
2: I'm concerned, this woman, all this woman's property is forfeit to this man.
0: That seems that seems reasonable. I think that's a reasonable response. But I don't know if locking somebody in a jail cell for that... Well, you don't believe is... in jail cells, period. Well, I, th- I don't believe that most people belong in them. No, I think that a lot of people engage in crimes where there actually are victims... That they've, you know, premeditated in advance that they regret in the, you know, once they're done with the the crime, they wish they hadn't done it. And I think that if that person's willing to work towards restitution, they should be allowed to stay on the outside because they can more effectively pay that restitution from the outside than on the inside of a jail cell. But I'd love to hear your thoughts at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Uh, all of the features on the site are completely free. They include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version, and a webcam, all free at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls, Brent is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live.
10: Hey guys. How's it going?
0: What's on your mind tonight, Brent?
10: Well, I did call about something else, but I wanted to weigh in on your current topic. Um, <clears throat> first, uh you guys are talking about basically like a tree falling in the woods, you know, like if uh nobody hears it doesn't matter. Okay. Um I think well it brings me back to the market for liberty, the um that book there, the audio book I've been listening to. Um you guys are talking about whether or not this person should be punished and in what way they should be if they if they engage in this kind of act. And I think that <clears throat> um if you go back to that, that book you can you can understand that um the free market is going to determine what happens to this woman. And if you can't prove that she has harmed someone in any kind of way and therefore determines restitution, um, then you allow the people to understand what kind of person this woman is and you allow them to decide how to treat her. Well, and I think so Mark was not- on
0: the right path with his idea of first of all, she was married to this guy, that would make an easy uh, divorce settlement between the two of them. She tried to kill him, so therefore she forfeits everything she owns to him. Um, you know, some sort of damages. I think on top of that might be appropriate as well, to where she would have to to work to pay that off. I just I just want to stay away from putting people in jail if I can avoid it.
2: It's essentially I agree wholeheartedly, the same
10: thing, but I, I just want to say that you know I mean if you can't if he if the if the husband can't prove any type of harm has been done to him, there you can't really uh validate any kind of restitution. So but I
0: agree that there was if, harm done. Not, I agree that there was harm done in that she was willing to have him killed. I mean, that's pretty significant, don't you think?
10: I I agree in a way, but willingness and action are very different things. But
0: she did take the action, as uh, Julia and Mark have pointed out, that she did take the action to have her husband killed. She just happened to encounter an undercover hitman that wasn't actually a hitman at all.
10: And the husband claimed specific damages.
0: Well, I don't know about that. Some
10: type of harm done to him. If you can't do that... In a society with a free press, where this type of woman would be very clearly exposed, and even in the press that we have today, they, they love this kind of stuff. So now, Brent, over it.
2: Brent, this this I'm sorry, this um, this logic falls apart in um, a lot of very ordinary circumstances. For one, you've got right. attempted murder here, where you're saying, "Oh, it's no big deal. We just got to let the press know that there's uh, uh, what, you know uh, dozens and dozens of attempted murderers all over the city." Um, so you know who cares at that point? You're hearing about attempted murderers all the time. It, it's not a big fat cares. hairy deal. Cares, and it, I'd also like to point out that people that kill their children in uh, ritual satanic uh, uh, situations no big deal who's who's harmed here um uh, you know there's all kinds of situations where you can't find a victim who has been harmed
10: i i will agree with you on that but i think that there is something to be said about exposing this woman and having her treated in a certain way by society that is free if the people choose to flock to her because of this and that's freedom if they choose to ostracize her, then that's the way she'll be treated. I think that if you allow people to just do what they will towards this woman, then that she'll be she'll suffer the consequences she deserves.
2: We've got this today, man. It's called a it's called a felony rap sheet. And the fact is, I'm a convicted felon, and people do not ostracize me for it.
10: Touche. Okay. Very good. No, I, I understand what you're saying now. Okay.
0: Well, and I, well, and now hold on a second. I think that the what's what the, I think what's missing between what both of you are saying. Is that we still don't know what the market could come up with to help with the ostracization process? Well, I think we the, under- I
2: think the market could solve this problem. I don't think ostracization is the solution.
10: I don't I don't think we have to decide now what it would be. I think that we don't know what it would be, and that people would decide for themselves how to treat this
2: woman.
0: I agree with all of that, but some to people that
10: now it's kind of it's kind of silly, I think, to me, because it would it would just happen. I mean, true, it would...
0: true, but but to some extent there are people that are 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 wanting ideas, you know, there are people out there that are, va- are kind of evaluating the liberty mindset and the idea of a yeah. voluntary society and just pawning them off on the the old excuse of well, the market will will handle this it 's not good enough, I think it it's behooves us to at least engage our brains for a little bit and try to think of some of the different ways and I think we 've come up with a few of them i mean i I like the idea of ostracization. Mark likes the idea of uh, making sure that person gets paid back. I think that if there are damages, that restitution absolutely should be paid what we 're debating is what level of damage there is and what the appropriate form of uh, of paying it back would be and I think there 's some value to that i think that I think that it 's important to highlight that. What we're saying isn't necessarily the way it's going to be because eventually the market will decide what the appropriate ways to punish people for doing various different things are. But I think there's still some value in at least speculating as to some of the things that could possibly happen. Don't you, Brent?
10: I do agree, um, but I do think that we don't know. So I, that, I would do know what you said there, but I, I do agree that you know we don't know how that would happen.
2: That we, much and, is true. That much is true. It, yeah. It's, it's so, a place so, to go that's back That's the point to. I was
10: trying to make. I'm not, I'm not trying to argue with you guys. I, I do agree that there is a discussion to be had on this um, to some extent, but the fact that we don't live in a free society um, kind of underlines the fact that we don't know what would happen in this situation. So to, to talk about the free market um, at this point is to, to kind of say, we have no idea how this person will be treated, and in a truly free society, um, uh, you can't know either. That's kind of and and it's
0: true because every situation is different. Every, uh, every encounter of a dangerous uh, order will be having different facts surrounding it. And each case would be – all of that stuff would be taken under advisement by whatever arbitration court or whatever the market situation would be that would be looking at this as a case. Unlike the current government structure that we have – where it's one size fits all they have this statute if it doesn't fit within that statute it might fit within another statute and they're very rigid they're very strict as to what applies where and it's not good because it doesn't allow for customization it doesn't allow for the the facts of the case to really come in and be be heard and be analyzed and be decided upon they just have only a, a set amount of things that they can do by the the law the legal system that they have and so one thing I know we can all agree on is today it's a tragedy when something like this happens. It's a double tragedy because you've got the initial crime where the, you know, the woman h- hired somebody to kill her husband and then you've got the follow-up crime of the state putting her in a jail cell and then taxing the husband to keep her there. So the the man ends up being victimized uh twice in in today's society. So I think we can all agree that what we have now is not ideal and there can definitely be some changes made in the right direction and toward a more market direction. That is going to help out, regardless of what the market ends up deciding. What other thoughts do you have for us, Brent? Anything else on your mind tonight?
10: Oh, well said. I totally agree. Um, uh, the reason I called actually was that I wanted to, to readdress. I don't. I, I don't listen to the show every night, so I'm not sure if you guys have addressed this previously, and I don't want to rehash something that you guys have already talked about. But um, I, I do want to bring up. Uh, I think it was last Saturday at uh, Talkback. What about it? Is that correct? With the, uh, the all-star cast there, I love I oh. with the uh, podcast
0: <laughs> Yeah, Mark uh, Mark, and myself and Toby and Nick from freemindsmedia.com and Sam Dodson from obscuretruth.com a lot of the personalities you hear on this show called into a local talk show here in the Keene, New Hampshire area called Talkback. And you can hear that archive at com. But what about it?
10: Well, I, I, first of all, I want to applaud you guys for the effort you guys did make that day. I think that it was beautiful. Oh, they were on
0: the ropes. Um, um, Cynthia was so frustrated. You could
10: hear them over yeah. the, the, sure. the airwaves squirming in their seats. I mean, these people were just completely scared. You could, scared you could
0: actually hear the cognitive dissonance uh, in, oozing from her her brain.
2: Well, the, 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 the mayor actually said, I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think you're asking me a fair question about why it is that people can take pictures in the same, uh, same building of me, uh, but they can't take pictures uh, for any other reason. You know, no, it was
10: totally appalling, and, and the, the point I wanted to make is, not, is uh, obviously, aside from the very clear uh, atrociousness of their inability to answer your question, um, on top of that, the, the callers that did call in um, after you guys did call in about you know the, these people who were criticizing the Free State Project and uh, these liberty activists, mm-hmm. they really didn't have anything to say. They missed the point of what it was you guys are trying to do. None of them addressed the issue that you were discussing, and they completely overlooked um how how disgusting it was that these people couldn't answer your very simple question. And oh, what yeah. they did do what they did do was attack uh liberty activists. They called them childish Childish, and, uh, sure. You know,
0: oh and trivial. And the trivial. Point your right points out. were but, trivial is what uh, one of them said yeah. snidely. And, and exactly. open,
10: I mean these, these people were, had trivial. nothing to say and they completely missed your point. And um while that's sad in some ways, it's also something to be pointed out because you know people who uh, oppose liberty um I think Make a lot of arguments about how it's uh, how it's trivial and how these people are acting um, selfishly because they want you know attention and things like that. But what they really don't understand is that these people are making very serious sacrifices. Um, I, know I that, consider uh, them
0: we, I consider them investments, not sacrifices. But I understand where you're coming from. It's common uh, common word, and I, I think it should be used less. Thank you for the call tonight. Uh, and yeah, it's it's certainly they, they don't have much. I mean, the opposition, the status, they've got some personal insults, some name calling, uh, but no real logic. More on the way, it's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything, even in these remaining moments, enough time for your call. If you make it right now at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live... Well, what you can do is you can learn how to promote us by going to promote.freetalklive.com. There's a whole list of things that are mostly free that you can do, some of them low-cost, like printing flyers, that you can do to get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So go to promote.freetalklive.com as we go to your calls. Gene, the Christian anarchist on the amp line. Hey, Gene. Hello, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
13: Well, I wanted to tell you the one, probably about the only thing I agree with Obama on, but before that, for all the people out there that are convinced that we're going through this global warming thing, I'd like them to go to YouTube and type in three words: global warming and Carlin. C-A-R-L-I-N. Mm-hmm. They're going to come up with uh, oh four or five hits at the top, and one of them's going to be George Carlin's amazing comedy routine about global warming. It's fantastic. He says. Uh, what I've been saying for a long time—that this planet is just too darn big for these little tiny ants called humans to do anything to it—and uh, the second guy is a Dr. Alan Carlin, who is a 38-year EPA scientist, who actually submitted a report showing that the global warming is not occurring on this planet, and the CO2 is does not appear to be uh, relative to it, and that report was suppressed. So. There's quite a few video clips on uh, those two guys, and uh, if you like a good, funny routine, uh, 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 George Carlin is extremely funny, although he's a little bit coarse at times, as everyone knows.
0: Thank you uh, uh, for the recommendation, Gene. What else is on your mind tonight?
13: But he's extremely funny.
0: So what's the thing you agree Um, with uh, Obama on?
13: I finally agree with Obama on something. He came out and said that that police officer that arrested that uh, professor in his home was acting stupidly, and I have to say that I really agree with him on that.
0: Didn't he Um, uh, retract that? I didn't follow that situation very closely. He has.
13: He's he's done like all politicians and uh, and backpedaled, but uh, uh, when he said it, I agreed with him, and I still agree that it was stupid for this officer to arrest somebody in their own home uh, tramping on the castle doctrine, which uh, basically says that a man's home is his castle, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter if this professor was being abusive to this jackbooted thug who was in his in, in this guy's castle trying to boss him around. If, if I'm a homeowner and a police officer comes into my home and I want him to leave, he needs to leave or he's trespassing. If he doesn't leave and I say that his mama is, a, is whatever and wears combat boots, <laughs> that's too bad. He's got to take that. He cannot arrest me in my own home for abusing him when he shouldn't be there.
0: I agree completely. And, yeah.
13: and and this is the one time when I agree with Obama. Of course, he's backpedaled on it since then, but uh, uh, the police are just totally out of hand. Uh, and all of the police now are rallying behind this cop.
0: Right. Of course who, they are. Who,
13: and, uh, you know, apparently this was a pretty good cop, and apparently he's not racist. By all uh, things that I've read, is he's not a racist guy. But he was still totally out of line in telling a homeowner what to do in their own home.
0: Yeah, but he didn't uh, think that way. He didn't feel like he was out of line at all. And as you've said, the police department and the, the, his buddies have uh, rallied around him and held him up as, uh, as a hero. And what he did, from my understanding, my very brief understanding of the case, uh, was out of line. And I agree with you there, Gene.
13: Well, the cops and the uh and the police union had better start straightening up their act because they're losing the support of the American people. I've seen people in China abuse the cops writing tickets. I mean, verbally just rake them over the coals, Mm -hmm. and the cops over there actually take it. They write the ticket, they give it to the guy, and they get the hell out of there. They do not sit there and try to arrest some guy who's, who's abusing them because they're writing them a ticket. They just write the ticket and leave.
0: They're trained they to handle that and, and deal with it as part of the job. But you're right. If uh, if the police continue hurting peaceful people, it just does more damage to their uh, the, the aura of legitimacy that they have with the, the regular folk out there. And I think that there are a lot of people that don't trust the cops today because, well, they've arrested their friends uh, who have not harmed anybody. I don't anybody. trust the cops.
13: I, every time I pull up to a stop sign, I try to save the planet, by the way. I'm, I'm concerned about global warming, so I run every stop sign that I can. <laughs> Because stopping at a stop sign wastes fuel and wastes time, and both yes, of those affect global warming. So, so I do what I can. I run every stop sign, right. but and I this do is watch for those cops. Be- because it's the cops that I spend most of my time looking for when I'm driving rather than road hazards, which is what I should be looking for.
2: You know, and this is the same organization, the government, that people want to be in charge of, uh, you know, preventing global warming. The same organization that puts up these red signs that want you to come to a full and complete stop in front of them when the vast majority of the time you you don't don't need to to do that in order to safely conduct your vehicle. Um, You know, a a yield sign would do just fine. And if somebody, you know, ran through the intersection too quickly and caused an accident, that person failed to yield the right-of-way and caused an accident. They I'm a done huge that with, fan of yield signs. They could have done that with a stop sign just as easily.
13: And I would like to remind everybody that 90% of this globe, uh, in the civilized countries on this planet, they don't use stop signs.
0: 90%. Thank you, Gene. Thank you for that. I appreciate the call tonight. 800-259-9231. All right, Mark, I know that you've been critical of the uh, the, the right-to-travel disobedience here on this program would you think that it would be a better maybe uh, right-to-travel protest if – or at least travel-related protest if, for instance, people just started to not – just to not pay the tickets if they were hit with a ticket for just driving through a stop sign? Would you support that level of uh, civil disobedience? I'd
2: support taking the ticket, the, the ticket as far as you can um, in the, the system in order to block it up because I think that those – that they use those tickets for just revenue generation. If, but would or, you, you know, support not you paying do. it? Um, I, I've got a question before we go on about this right-to-travel. Yeah. Is this right to travel a positive right
0: or a negative right? I don't know. It has to do with government roads, where it's it's your road as much as it's anybody else's road. So it's a really a more of a public good kind of issue, I think, than anything else.
2: What's a public? What is the public good? Who determines
0: a, a public good is a, a product that is a that is owned by the public supposedly. We all know it's actually run by a gang of criminals calling themselves the government, but they like to tell people that it's oh they're, they're your roads too. Uh, so it would be so a there's no right of, to travel. Not on private property, okay. But I think on public property that you've paid for, yes, there is a right to travel on that. I, I you know, I think you
2: have the right to to use public property in the manner that it was uh, specified. Sure, but um, the public gets to specify, I suppose.
0: So I does mean, that mean you 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 actually support people paying fines for a red light uh, or for uh, stop sign violation? They can do what they want on that. I mean, I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't is detract that as, from Is them. that is is that a better protest in your opinion than a full on I'm not going to show you ID kind of? Travel protest.
2: I I think that that would uh, I think it, it it makes more sense
0: to people. Would you pay the ticket if you got a red uh, if you if you I would got take stop the ticket, ticket all the way uh,
2: as far as possible and then, uh, and then jam up their up? system and then jam up their system by going to jail. Okay, so you would not
0: pay. So therefore, you do support people not paying for stop sign tickets. That's fine. Great. I love that. I think that I think that would be a great uh, thing to do because I think that's. Uh, one of the issues that people would really agree with us on. I think that that's a much more popular thing. What I don't
2: uh, support, uh, you know, I, I think there's an opportunity when one has stopped to educate everybody involved in why it is that you're doing it, doing what you're doing. You know, take, take the opportunity that you're given to speak and do so and educate people on why it is. You know, don't berate them and, and, you know,
0: talk down to them and things like that. Completely agree. Let's go to Chris in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chris. Hello, how are you doing? What's on your mind tonight?
14: Um, I just wanted to talk to you about the uh, assassination yes, sir. Uh, thing. All right, well, uh, the NAP, the non-aggression principle for anybody who doesn't know, mm-hmm. um, states that the initiation of the use of force uh, is immoral. Now, it doesn't matter if the uh, initiation is successful or not, and uh, if you try to hire somebody else to kill, that's still the initiation of force. And, uh, as far as punishment goes, I guess an arbitration court would rule how much a, uh, settlement would be. And if somebody decided not to pay that, uh, Stefan Molyneux has some great things about how people are ostracized right on his front page. Uh, they can't buy food, they can't have a place to stay, they can't walk anywhere, they can't do anything in a free society if they are in violation.
0: Those are some of the things okay. that I was talking about. Uh, what What are the things the marketplace would come up with to ostracize these people that are, are have done wrong but may not necessarily deserve to just be rotting in a jail cell? And I know that Stefan Molyneux is definitely one of the thinkers that is out on the forefront of coming up with some some ways that the market could organize to, uh, to make their lives very difficult.
14: Yes, I agree. Um, he is probably one of the better philosophers out there right now. And uh, I guess that's all I had to say okay. other than uh, I will be in Keene next month. So I hope to see you guys when I get there. You,
0: are you moving to Keene?
14: Yes. Oh, I'm, wow. uh, I've been on the forums and uh, talked to you for a little bit, Anna Philo. Well,
0: congratulations on that. What was it that made you decide to join the Free State Project?
14: Uh, Sam Dodson actually getting arrested uh, in April.
0: There you go. That, that is the exact reason why what Sam did was valuable.
6: I was just going to say that exact thing, and we happened to have a guest on the beginning of the show who was criticizing Sam for what he did and what it would do for the liberty movement. And, I mean, there's your
0: endorsement right there. Thanks for that. We'll see you here in Keene sooner rather than later. And thank you guys for being on the show, and we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.